Listen, I get it. There are about a hundred different Bible study apps and guides out there, but I want to tell you about one that you may not have heard of yet, Yarrow. Yarrow offers beautifully designed inductive Bible studies and a digital app that guides you through scripture so that you can know what it says and understand what it means for your actual life. No matter where you're coming from or what season of life you're in, Yarrow is the Bible study guide that will help you unearth the truth of scripture so that it can take root in your heart and propel you deeper in your relationship with God. Go check out their first study, Known, which is all about your identity in Christ at yarrow.org. They are offering 10% off with the code JOURNEYWOMEN10. So go to yarrow.org and use the code JOURNEYWOMEN10 for 10% off and download the Yarrow app to study for free today. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. Well, it's been three weeks since our last series, but it feels like the whole world has blown up. We hope you're well, wherever you're listening, likely social distancing somewhere on the planet. It's been amazing to see how the Lord went before us and orchestrated that break and laid the groundwork for our series that launches today. Theology in practice, knowing God changes who we are and how we engage with the world. When we planned this series, we had zero idea that we would be navigating a global pandemic with the spread of the coronavirus. Today's episode was recorded before the outbreak in the United States, but the four episodes to follow in this series will very much speak to the current crazy circumstances revolving around COVID-19, and we pray they'll be a help to you. There is so much information floating around about the virus itself, how to protect yourself and others, and even what kind of activities you can do to keep yourself sane during this time of social distancing. But as you probably realize, the most helpful thing you can intake ever, particularly in times of crisis, is the Word of God. Whether you're home with school-age kiddos because their schools are shut down, fighting loneliness in your apartment, or being driven crazy by your roommate, entertaining toddlers indoors for hours on end, or working late at the hospital taking care of those who are sick, this week's episode with Diane Jago will encourage you to invest whatever time you can in God's Word. Diane founded Deeply Rooted Magazine, where she serves as the chief editor. She's married to a military man named Ethan, has three kids, lives in Florida, and she just published her first book, A Holy Pursuit. We talked about worldview, what it is, and how we develop a biblical worldview. I cannot wait to share this episode with you all, really the entire series, so make sure you're subscribed. Diane, my friend, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. You are one of the OG Journey Women guests. I don't even remember what number you were, but it was like in the teens back in the day. And you're just my dear friend. It's so good to get to chat with you. We're actually chatting at 9 p.m. on a Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) Party! Yes. (laughs) True friends meet one another in the closet at 9 p.m. on a Friday night to talk about (laughs) biblical worldview. I love you, friend. It's just been a joy to get to know you over the years. I don't even know how many years we've been friends now, but God in his kindness put us together in a Bible study back at Cross Point Church in Fort Benning, Georgia, Columbus, Georgia. Yeah. Every time I talk to someone, the Journey Woman podcast comes up and I tell them, yeah, guess what? I actually went to church with Hunter before I started the magazine and before she started Journey Woman and they just get such a kick out of it. We were in a systematic theology class 
And I just remember our hearts really coming together around the desire to study who God is. And Mm -hmm. I had such a respect for you. Unfortunately, our time didn't overlap as long as I would have liked personally. But through that, we developed a friendship and I began writing for Deeply Rooted Magazine. And God's really used you just to encourage me to uh, seek to glorify him in everything that I do, not just writing, but also motherhood. It's been such a joy to get to watch you flesh that out over the years, even at a distance. You are the founder and chief editor of Deeply Rooted Magazine. Is that the way that you refer to yourself in that capacity? Yeah. Yep. That sounds good. (laughs) You're an author. Yeah. You have a book coming out and I've had the opportunity to peruse most of it and it's absolutely beautiful. It's so wonderful just to get to see your heart written on those pages. I mean, for me as a friend, it's kind of like the coffee date that I yearn for. Um, So it was just wonderful (laughs) to get to sit with you in a sense and to hear from you and to get to hear stories that I haven't heard before. And then as always, to get to be pointed to truth in the way that I always find myself when I'm sitting in your presence. You're a mom and you're married to a really great guy, Ethan, who was in the military. That's another commonality that we share. Tell me what else. What am I missing? You guys have recently made a move down to Florida. Uh, I feel like you're on the beach every other day. (laughs) Yes, we are living on the beach. (laughs) We love it here. It's been such a neat opportunity to move down here. We kind of came down here on a whim, but God's just opened some really neat doors. And one of them is that Ethan is transitioning out of the military and is starting, he just started a pastoral residency at our local church here. So I will be transitioning from military wife to pastor's wife. And yeah, we have three kids and just everything, like the ministry of Deeply Rooted Magazine and the opportunity to write this book really is just an overflow of what God was working in in our hearts when we were at that systematic theology class. It's really just an an overflow of, of that ministry and that desire to dive deeper into the word. And so it's been really cool just to see how he's allowed other opportunities to flow from that. One of the things that really marks you, Diane, is your love for the word and your desire for truth. I've been encouraged by that desire as a friend at a distance. And it's clear that your worldview is a biblical worldview, just in the way that you speak, in the way that you think in the way that you act. Um, I've been so blessed by that as a friend. Even beyond that, you've written about worldview in your upcoming book, A Holy Pursuit. And I found what you wrote really insightful and thought that it would be helpful for the Journey Women listeners just to get to flesh that out with you a little bit more. So can we talk about that? What is a worldview and why is talking about it important? Yeah. So let me just give a little disclaimer. I don't feel like I've been expert on the topic of worldview just because there's been so much philosophical and theological debates and discussions over the century, but it is important to know what a worldview is because we all have one. And so in short, it's basically the ideology, the doctrine, the principles that shape how people choose to live their lives. And these thoughts answer these three questions. The first question is, what am I? The second is, what is the world? And the third is, what is my place and task within this world? And so what's really cool is that Christianity preserves this harmony between these questions, and it reveals to us a wisdom that reconciles the human being with God and through this with itself, with the world, and with life. Girl, we about to go deep up in here. I feel like I'm (laughs) learning already. Well, I think it's pretty clear based on what you said, how our worldview impacts the way we go about life. But what are the consequences of our worldviews and how does it impact our day to day? Well, 
because it's basically our belief system, it really determines our decision making. It shapes how we use our time. It shapes who we choose to spend our time with, our standards for morality. And if it's not founded on God, then it just drives us further and further into our own wisdom. If we don't need God and the ideas that come along with him, which would be like heaven, hell, salvation, and so forth, we're really just free to live and rule the world as we please. That's a really terrifying thought. Yeah. And that's why we see just such a tension in the cultural climate today, just because everyone has a different worldview. They're coming from life differently. They have different beliefs about different things. And so there's just so many heated debates today because everyone's just coming from a different arena. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense. How how about in the Christian world? I mean, I'm thinking about that. We're here in New England now, and it's really interesting to see how, you know, when you take um, a group of people who consider themselves to be Christians, there's just so many different worldviews based on the way that you've defined it represented. What should the Christian worldview and approach to life be built on? So this is a Sunday school answer, but it is just God's word. That is the foundation and the bedrock from which we should build our life upon. I think of Psalm 199, which says, how can a young man keep his way mm -hmm. pure by guarding it according to your word. And so when God's word is our standard that really shapes and helps filter through a lot of the cultural upbringings that we have, because I agree with you coming from Pennsylvania, that's where we moved from down South. I just see such a difference in Christian culture For sure. <laughs> down here. And it's really cool. It's neat actually, just to see like down here, they like they're big on evangelism. And so that's been really convicting for my heart just to see. But there's a lot of people here who have grown up in the church. And so they have a lot of head knowledge, but then it doesn't necessarily, it's not something that they do because they love it. They do it because of tradition. And so when we have the mirror of God's word, I think I've heard before, as we read it, it reads us. And so because it's living and active, because it's sharper than a two-edged sword, we have the word of God to help convict us and to help show us when we're wrong and where we need to change our belief systems. And we just really have to be willing to come to it with the expectation that we might be wrong. And we have to be okay with that if we truly love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, because he's the one who sets the standards and it frees us. It frees us to be able to admit our wrongs because we're, he's God and we're not. And, um, yeah. Do you ever find yourself so busy that you can't find time to prioritize God's word? Dwell Bible app can help you out. With Dwell, I can listen to and meditate on the scriptures in the car, in the middle of the night, or while I'm making meals and tending to the needs of our household. Incorporating the Bible into everyday moments is so easy with Dwell. I am constantly using the playlists on walks or as I fall asleep to review the scripture that I have been memorizing. The soothing background music, the ability to select your preferred translation or narrator, the sleep timer, and the read-along feature with Dwell make it the most helpful Bible reading app on the market. Their newest release is called Dwell Daily, and it will help you immerse yourself in the Word, pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for 25% off. I hear you talk about this and the way that the Lord has really, I don't know, just grown your conviction in this area. 
tell me about that. Like, where did the Lord bring about this conviction to really just pursue the truth in the word in your own life? Yeah, as I think about even just middle school, high school, there were a lot of messages, you know, pushed on me as a teenager, you know, whether it was reading, like I would read 17 magazine or tiger beat, like (laughs) just junk magazines. And I'd read something and growing up in a Christian home, I'm like, okay, I know that this is clearly contradicting scripture, but then there would be things that I would come across, like either things that Christians would say or things that I was told. And I didn't want to just believe it because that's what I was told. I wanted to know why I believe what I believe. Scripture tells us to have a reason for the hope within you. And so it's a responsible Christian is someone who has the understanding for their belief system. And so as I hear different messages, I just go back to scripture and I like to compare it to see, does this hold up? We just have to be like the Bereans, examining the words that people say, comparing it to scripture. And so I think it's just been that practice of over the years, really seeking and desiring to know know what the Lord has to say. Because if I'm going to be following this religion of Christianity, if I'm going to be dedicating my life to him, then I want to make sure that I'm doing it correctly. And so because there's this higher standard that's outside of myself and it's timeless and it transcends culture and trends are constantly changing, Mm -hmm. it's super cool that we can go to something that is relevant for all time. Mm, Yes. So you mentioned some of the messages that you came across that may be a little bit more difficult to, I don't know, just filter, sift your way through. I imagine some of those are what like a non-believer's worldview would be comprised of. So how does the Christian worldview differ from a non-believer's worldview? So a non-believer's worldview is entirely different because it's so subjective. It really is dependent upon, are they following someone's religion? Or are they following another person's thoughts? The fact that there are new religions and movements that are happening all the time just shows that people are always searching for something. Most people want to better themselves. They are trying to figure out their purpose. They're trying to figure out a higher calling. And so that's why a lot of these new things pop up all the time. But the problem is, and this is getting, again, a little bit philosophical, but most people don't believe in an absolute truth. They don't believe that there Mm -hmm. are standards. A lot of people in the culture today believe, well, that's your truth. This is my truth. And as long as our truths don't bump into each other. Right. Yeah. Then we're good. And so my husband, Ethan, who he loves to study apologetics when he's usually witnessing to someone or he's even just in general conversation, he likes to ask people, do you believe that there is an absolute truth? Do you believe that there are clear lines of right and wrong? And most of the time they will say no. And so he'll say, well, do you believe that murder or rape is wrong. And usually they'll say, yes. Sometimes I've actually heard a conversation where someone was like, well, no, if someone thinks it's okay, that's okay. And he was like, well, if that happened to your wife or your daughter, would that be okay? And so it's interesting. Everyone just has such a different belief system, but usually most people would say, yes, rape and murder is wrong. And so the problem is, is that they don't have a source to back up their line of thinking. As Christians, we would attribute this to Romans 2.15, which says that the law is written on every man's heart. And so there is this general knowledge of right and wrong. And so this is why Scripture calls basically anyone who doesn't have a Christian worldview, anyone who rejects God, they would Scripture calls them foolish because they're rejecting the God of this earth. They're rejecting the salvation that he has to offer. And um, I was reading someone, Henry 
I forget his last name, Henry, he's some Dutch theologian from the 1900s. And he said, we can't flirt with the spirit of the age. And I just thought that was so interesting because if we believe the truth of scripture, there's truly no room for compromise. Man has free will. And yes, it's not our job to enforce that on every single person. But as Christians, we cannot agree that, you know, there are other path to salvation or that other people can have their truth and we'll just live in ours because the reality and the implications of the gospel is that people are either going to heaven or they're going to hell. And this is just such a hard, this is why the gospel is offensive. It's a hard message to swallow. And this is why the disciples were like, this is hard to understand who can believe this. I feel like I see it so much up here, how just in regard to how worldviews can unknowingly be shaped by worldly thinking. Mm -hmm. I think particularly in this like really academic context, we're here at Dartmouth. I hear Mm -hmm. what you're saying around all the time, floating around, not in the church that I'm a part of, but Mm -hmm. just this idea that, hey, your truth is good for you and my truth is good for me. How might our worldviews, even if we profess faith and trust in Christ, be unknowingly shaped by some of the world's ideas. Yeah, this is something I talk a lot about in my book. To me, what we consume matters. And I like to think of it in terms of diet. And I know that you think that way too, because you're a healthy eater. That's one thing I remember about you (laughs) when we were together several years ago. So obviously, if you eat junk food, you're going to feel like junk. And so, but what we consume information wise on a daily basis impacts us. And so that information compounds. So when I say information, what I mean is the podcast that we listen to, the people, the conversations that we have, um, the books that we read, even just scrolling on social media, you might not agree with every single thing that you're reading, but as you take in that information, it stays in your mind and it plants seeds in your heart. And if you hear something over and over and over again, it might start to form and shape your thinking. I actually have to be really careful with the types of TV shows that I watch because Netflix, if you just want to watch an entire season, especially, you know, early in my, our military days before I started the magazine and when I had a kid, I would be folding laundry and I'd be binge watching Netflix. And, you know, it might be some, I don't know, drama show or something. And then Ethan would come home and he'd say something and I'd just snap at him and he'd be like, whoa, where did that come from? Well, I just watched like four hours of this dramatic, I don't know, different things happening within this TV show. And so I'm just overly sensitive with those kinds of things, but we really do need to examine the different things that we're consuming on a day-to-day basis. There's so many things that I could say right here. Number one, I think that just shows your heart behind the magazine uh, and you created this beautiful thing that women could look at and find appealing aesthetically and then also really just be exposed to the truth um, of God's word as everything in the magazine is so biblically grounded, deeply rooted, rooted in scripture. Uh, So I love that. And then as I was reading through your book, you have these little kind of catchphrases that we hear and that we'll see like as we scroll Instagram and things like that. Do you want to share any of those? Because I found that really insightful. Yeah. So um, I, because I haven't talked about the book on here, I'll just quickly say it's, the book is called A Holy Pursuit, How the Gospel Frees Us to Follow and Lay Down Our Dreams. And so really the whole book is taking this idea of creating a biblical worldview, um, kind of recalibrating our mind to recognize, okay, how does the gospel apply to 
chasing dreams. It's kind of a niche topic, but really the whole of the book speaks to other decision makings and whatnot. But as I talk about chasing a dream, some of the messages, yeah, that I speak against are like the follow your hearts. Uh One specifically is go make a difference in this world. And to me, that doesn't sound like a bad thing right away because making a difference, you know, changes people, it changes lives. But one thing that I had mentioned is by what standard is that difference made? So we would look at someone who would potentially start a nonprofit that helps women across overseas or gives people clean water. And that's a really noble pursuit. And from the outside, we can see that that makes a difference. It really does because there's measurable numbers. um, There's pictures and videos to go along with it. And so Mothers, on the other hand, we don't necessarily see a measurable difference every single day. When I tell my child to pick up their socks day after day after day and they are not listening, it might not feel like you're making a difference. And you might not see the impact that you have on your child's life for many years to come. Um, We've recently been dealing with some stubborn personalities in this household. And so it's one of those things where I just don't feel like I'm making a difference. And Mm -hmm. then Thankfully, the Lord graciously reminds me that I am and he works through my child and it all <laughs> works out in the end. But yeah, those are just some of the messages. What Another one that I recently read was, if you're not waking up excited about what it is that you're doing, you must have missed your calling. And so to mm. me, another example of that is, I don't mean to keep bashing on motherhood because there's so much joy and reward in that. But there's days where I wake up and I'm not excited about it. And yet, does that mean that I'm not called to do this. There are many hard paths that the Lord calls us to. Many people are walking through illness or I don't know. There's just, there's so many different things. And so it just frustrates me when I see these short pithy sayings that are beautifully lettered and hung on a wall or put on a t-shirt and yet they're really damaging and they contradict scripture. I can see how I'm being affected by those messages and I'm constantly having to purge and to realign with the truth. And that's the importance of just recalibrating. Are you looking to boost your protein intake in the new year? Many of us are not getting enough protein, especially at breakfast. So Prep Dish wants to help you out. For the month of January, Prep Dish is offering bonus protein boost meal plans when you sign up. This free bonus shows you how to quickly prep four protein-rich dinners and one breakfast to help you reach your protein goals. Each menu will have you covered for the whole week. You guys, these meals are super mouth-watering and delicious. They have slow cooker carnitas bowls, stuffed pepper soup, and a Swiss chard mushroom and goat cheese frittata. Just imagine coming home to a ready-for-you protein-rich meal to refuel after a long day at work. This is a limited time offer, so make sure to sign up before the end of January to get these free bonus meal plans. Head into your healthiest year yet, feeling confident that dinner is planned, prepped, and will sustain you for all the things you have going that day with Prep Dish. Check it out and get a two-week free trial at PrepDish.com slash journey. Remember, for the month of January, anyone who signs up gets the Protein Boost Meal Plan bonus. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash journey for two weeks free plus bonus menus. What are some ways that we see the early church even being affected by worldly ideas? We've talked about how we're being affected today. Was the early church affected by worldly ideas too? 
Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of the New Testament um, is written to speak against of a lot of the just corruption and twisted truths that were happening at that time. Some really big ones that I think of are like in First Corinthians, we see sexual immorality happening. That to me is just where church and really just things that are supposed to happen within the confines of marriage not happening like that is where the world has clearly influenced um, the church at that time just a big one is just the perversion of the gospel. Second Thessalonians says, stand firm and hold fast to the traditions that you were taught. Second Timothy 1.13, hold on to the pattern of sound teaching. At one point, Paul is even saying, you know, I'm here preaching to you the true gospel, not that there is another gospel, but he just has to be very clear in spelling it out because there were so many ideas and philosophies. I mean, there was Gnosticism. There was just so many things that were affecting the early church and it's still happening today. Man, that's just such an encouragement to me. Like you said, scripture just transcends time and transcends culture because I read the letters to the church and I'm like, yep, (laughs) still falling (laughs) for some of the same tricks. So it's an encouragement to me just to spend time there, to ask the Lord to examine my heart and to show me where I am not walking in obedience and walking rightly. So, you know, as you're saying that, I can see how my own heart is just impacted by worldly philosophies. Like I said, what are some worldly philosophies that you see really infiltrating our churches today? And how does scripture speak to those ideas? Unfortunately, there are a lot. And I think one of the biggest attacks that I've seen is just the gospel. A lot of times we say... Mm -hmm preach the gospel. And so it's just summarized in these two words, but the underpinnings underneath that are entirely different because there's a large demographic of people who believe that there's no hell, that that's a state of mind that completely changes their message of the gospel. There's other just cultural hot button issues on beliefs like homosexuality. There's various political agendas and so many different areas. And you just go hop onto Twitter, the Christian world on Twitter, and you'll see just the back and forth, the disunity that all of this has caused. And so much of it could just be resolved if we would just get back into scripture, humble ourselves and be willing to ask, removing my personal experience leaving my agenda at the door? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and direct me? Am I willing to be wrong in my beliefs? Yeah, you've mentioned that once before. What does it look like for you to leave your agenda at the door and for you to try and put your cultural biases and experience to the wayside and just to take the word of God as what it is? (laughs) I feel like it's painful. It's painful because I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't really take my faith seriously until my senior year of high school. And so after that point, there was a lot of wrestling. What's funny is that I grew up, I guess, Southern Baptist slash Mm non-denominational. My, one of my best friends was Pentecostal. Another one was Assemblies of God. And so we had some really interesting conversation, even just about how, like, are the gifts active or are they not? Mm -hmm. Or what do end times look like? And so all of these areas, I had to come to a point where I'm like, okay, I have friends who have differing beliefs and yet I want to know what scripture says about this. And I, I want to, as I mentioned earlier, just live my life for the Lord wholeheartedly. And I don't want to bring my biases into this. And so I had to get on my knees and pray and ask God, Lord, please help the Holy Spirit to illuminate the word. Please help me to understand and please help me to let go of my pride and just trust you in this process. And there was a lot of research that went into determining those beliefs. I 
looked at church history. I looked at some of my trusted pastors. I've talked to mentors. So there's other processes when you're determining these things. But yeah, just a lot of humbling yourself and being willing to get rid of I'm right and you're wrong kind of mm-hmm. an attitude. Mm-hmm. And prayer cannot be discounted. It's so funny. I was talking to my sister the other day and I'm studying Matthew with my local church here. I was telling her as I was reading through some of the parables that Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, and I'm like, dadgummit, I do not understand. (laughs) And I texted my sister and I said, I'm so discouraged because it takes me so long to understand these parables that Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. And she said, every time I come to the scriptures, I just have to get down on my knees and pray. And I'm like, that's a really good Mm -hmm. word. Because sometimes as a mom who has three young kids and who feels like it's just everything I could do just to open up my Bible on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. I will bypass that very important integral part of Bible study. And so that was a really convicting thing for me to hear. I love hearing you say that again. You've kind of gone into this a little bit just with the thought about welcoming trusted mentors into your life. We just did a whole series on that. How else can we be on guard against the false teachings that you kind of laid out for us and practice discernment in the information that we're intaking? I think that having an intimate knowledge of scripture is just the best way to start. And that can sound intimidating because it can feel overwhelming with just all the messages out there. And like you said, if especially with young kids, if you're just struggling to get into the word, it <laughs> it can feel overwhelming. Yeah. Like, man, I know I need to be here, but I'm not here yet. And that's okay. Yeah, I love Psalm 119 just because the psalmist is so humble. He's asking the Lord to open his eyes. He's telling him, Take my eyes off worthless things. He recognizes that his ability and desire to read scripture, to want to read it, comes from the Lord. And so, yeah, if you feel overwhelmed about how I just keep pointing to scripture, we have all been there. There's still times where I need to ask God to help me out with it. And so also, yeah, like we mentioned prayer, that's the perfect place just to ask God to give us humility, to give us understanding, to help for the Holy Spirit to help guide us as we read And then just being plugged into a solid local church. Uh I love the Nine Marks ministry just because they talk about what a healthy church looks like. Issue 14 that we just did on the church, we have an article about kind of what to look for as you're seeking out a church. But when you can get plugged in, then that's where you find mentors and you have the freedom to be able to ask questions and you sit under the teaching of the word and you have pastoral staff and women's ministries and just a community of people to do life with and to help you journey a lot of the tough questions because we're not meant to do this alone. Yeah. And then even just listening to podcasts like this, like I love your podcast. I'm so grateful that it exists because it really is just a practical way to connect the gospel to our everyday living. And so Yeah. Thank you for your ministry, Hunter. It really is just such a blessing to so many women. Well, your friendship has been a ministry to me because this is a lot of what we talk about offline. Honestly, just um, looking at the word, seeking to ever be reformed by the word um, and wanting to encourage one another in that. And you've really done that for me over the years. And I'm super, super thankful for that. And I feel like you have really discipled me from afar in a sense even though you're younger than me. <laughs> um. <laughs> Am I really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, you are. It's just special. And I think it doesn't even have to be a group, but having a friend to be able to talk through these questions with to a sounding board of sorts um, that you can just be really real, raw and honest with is super helpful. Mm-hmm. And I love that position of humility that you referenced. And we're talking about this a lot with prayer and things like that. And I just think about like, 
Jesus, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about how blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom Mm -hmm. of heaven. Um, And I just think so much like when we come to the table, just acknowledging our need, like the Lord blesses that. And I've seen that tenfold in my life. And so I just encourage women to just be um, humble learners as they come to the text every single time, because you always learn. That's the beauty of the word is that we will be learning um, and we will mm-hmm. continue to learn even into eternity. And that's just such an exciting thought. I know all of our listeners want to develop a biblical worldview. I do. I'm trying over here. Uh, <laughs> what encouragement do you have for me and for them as we all seek to live that out? Yeah, I think if you're listening to this right now, you're already doing it. You're seeking out practical ways to connect the gospel to your daily living. And that happens when you support ministries like Journey Women um, and Deeply Rooted and other Desiring God. There's just so many out there. Um, But the biggest encouragement to me lately has been just thinking about what it means when scripture says, ask and you will receive. We just want to ask God for help. And that ties in with the humility. It ties in with the prayer. When we ask God with godly motivation, when we ask him with confidence that he will answer our prayers, when we ask that the Lord's will will be done, he will offer us truth. And so we're not going to get it perfect. It's not that you're going to open up your Bible, you're going to pray, and you're going to come away with this perfect worldview. Um, Like you said, we're all in process. We're being sanctified. We are um, continually messing up, but humility is the key. And so um, no matter where you are in your Christian journey, as you seek to develop this Christian worldview, just ask and God will answer that for you. Amen and amen. I'm also studying James. That's what our pastors preaching through on Sunday mornings. And yeah, just if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it'll be given to him. Um, You know what else I love, Diane, is your approach to like feelings of failure. Because I think, you know, somebody might be thinking about this and they might feel like they have missed the boat. Uh, I mean, I felt like this for a long time because there was a period in which I walked away from studying scripture when I was in high school because I actually didn't want to feel convicted by the word. I knew that God was using Mm. it to shape me and to change me. And I knew that that wasn't going to be popular in the crowds that I wanted to run in. And so I felt a lot of regret over missing out on those years um, of opportunity just to get to know God through his word. So could you share a little bit about what you shared on Instagram just a couple days ago about maybe it was even today about failure and just re shaping the way that we look at opportunities that we feel like we've missed. Yeah. My encouragement is that the Lord will meet you right where you are right now. The past is past. It's no longer there. When we allow failure to drive our walk with God, when failure is what's our driving force as we approach scripture, then we are going to constantly fall back into feelings of failure because we have expectations. So our expectations might be, I need to be in scripture every single day. We know that it's, it would be good and ideal to be in scripture every single day, but sometimes I just can only read the verse of the day online and I can't get to it. And that's okay because my scripture reading is not what determines my salvation. When I get to heaven, it is Jesus who stands as my righteousness and he doesn't have a record of, wow, okay, he only read, you know, X number of days out of the year. And so when we recognize that we bring nothing to the table in our relationship with God, including, you know, the practices and the disciplines that we long to succeed in, then we're completely freed to mess up, but then pick ourselves back up again. So weakness 
on the other hand, is recognizing that we need God. We actually, like I was talking about in Psalm 119, we need him to give us the desire to read. We need him Mm. to give us the understanding as we read it. The last thing that we want to do is to be like the Pharisees who outwardly looked like a people who had everything together. They probably did their Bible reading every day, and yet they missed the Son of God who was standing before them. Jesus said, if you really believed the law and what Moses had taught, then you would know who I am. And yet they didn't. They didn't. And so you can have the most perfect you know, Bible reading record. You can have what sounds like a perfect biblical worldview. And yet if you if you don't know Jesus the way that he wants us to know him, then we've missed the mark. And so it's okay to start where you are. It's okay to miss a couple of days, but you just try and then you pick yourself back up again. That was absolutely beautiful. And you're reminding me of this little part of Matthew where it talks about the Pharisees kind of straining out a gnat, but swallowing Mm, a camel (laughs) and they're missing, they're missing it. They're missing justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And I relate to them so much. And so it's just really interesting how the Lord has been, I don't know, man, I miss this, Diane. Like I just miss the whole (laughs) weakness piece. Maybe I just became a believer like last year, but you know, through the process, it really has freed me up to act and to do it for the glory of God and not for the glory of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's just been a real joy. Uh, I love this J.I. Mm-hmm. Packer quote. I had to comment on your post and say, uh, weakness is the way that has been my motto for the last couple of months at least. So thanks for that reminder. Yes. I hope that people are encouraged by that. What's the next step for people who are listening, who really desire to put what we're talking about today into practice? I would just say, um, pick up your Bible and pray. I mean, that's kind of been the theme of this whole episode. <laughs> yes, that's a good Journey Women episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need anything else. <laughs> but truly, just do it. Don't be intimidated by it. Just do it. And do it alongside friends. Find yeah. A mentor, seek accountability, look for, I don't know, just people in your area that want to do the same thing. Because when you're doing it alongside people, man, it's just really, it's exciting and it transforms the way that you approach and it gives you accountability and do those things. Talk to your pastor. I mean, it's all the Sunday school answers. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I have much more <laughs> Nothing wisdom to offer here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Definitely one of my three simple joys when a Journey Women episode just points you straight back to the word. Hopefully nobody's listening at this point. Everybody just shut this off and gone and read their Bibles. (laughs) But I would love to hear from you, Diane, even though we heard this years ago. What are three of your simple joys? I wonder if they've changed since then. Yeah, I have lots of simple joys, so I could just go on and on. But I would say the three right now that um, I'm loving are definitely the beach. And then this is going to sound weird, but patterns in nature, like, (laughs) like I'll step outside and I'll notice that the clouds are like shaped a certain way. Or when I'm at the beach, I'll see that the wind's blown the sand into like a really beautiful, like, it's like art is everywhere. And so it's just been kind of cool to see God's glory displayed in nature. And I feel like since we've moved down here, I've 
just been outside a lot. Mm. And then my third one would be the local church. And we gotten plugged into just an amazing church here. If you're in Pensacola, please come to Olive Baptist. The community that we have here, the way that people love one another, serve one another, it's just, I'm excited to go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. And I'm sad when we have to miss it because of a sick child or, you know, scheduling or whatnot. Nah. Our local church has been really special. Oh, it's so fun to get to hear you say that because I met you in the context of the local church. See what wonderful people you can meet in the middle of Bible study? I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, But also, you are such an artist, my friend, and it's just absolutely amazing to me to get to see you deploying the gifts that God has given you for his glory, specifically through the magazine and through the writing of this new book. I'm really excited about it. All these things have been a blessing to me. You've had a great impact on my journey with Jesus, even though our touch-ins have been, you know, fewer and further between than I would have liked. But I would love to hear from you. Who is it that's had the greatest impact on your journey with Jesus? So in my previous episode, I had mentioned my husband. For this one, I think I'll say kind of the funny answer of dead theologians. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love, I love reading books that are, I don't know, just Martin Lloyd-Jones. I'm trying to think of C.S. Lewis, Charles Spurgeon. There's just so many wonderful, godly men whose writing has just really impacted me. And I think the thing that I like about it is that there's no fluff. It's just really blunt and straight to the point. And that's probably how some of my writing and posts come off is because it's, it's what I like to read. But um, they just don't, they don't waste their ink or their pen. And um, they just, get straight to the heart of it. And so it's really helped shape my journey. Help shape your worldview. <laughs> my worldview, yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for helping us just in our endeavor to develop a more biblical worldview. This has really been a blessing. It's been a joy to get to have you on the show today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here and thank you all for listening. We pray this conversation with Diane encourages you to pick up your Bible no matter how long it's been since the last time you did so, even if it was just this morning. You can find all kinds of resources to help you do that on the resources page of our website, journeywomenpodcast.com. If you want to keep discussing the topic of worldview with us throughout the week, be sure to catch us on socials at journeywomenpodcast. Today's episode was edited by Christine from christinebrant.info. We are so grateful for her and for you. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. We can't wait to see you here next Monday.